Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Okay. All right, let's pray and we'll get started, right? Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to sit down and study today. Uh, we pray your blessings upon us as we do this. We pray that you open our minds and open our hearts, that we, as we teach, as we talk, as we communicate, that we'll, it'll be in a way where, where folks can understand and where they can really look at, at applying this to their lives. Father, please help us to do that. And help us not to get off track and get sidetracked on things that we don't need to be talking about. But Father, we thank you for the opportunity. We pray your blessings upon it. And we thank you for your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, I just want to, just want to, Again, give a shout out to Lee for for being patient and and thank him, you know, for all the work he does. Well, there's a there. I mean, you know, I mean, we come across, we sit here and we just talk. You know, the guy behind on the other side of the wall over there is Lee, and he's the one's doing making sure it all gets recorded, make sure the scriptures come up. Well, and then the one that edits it is Sarah. Yeah. You know, so what's, but what's not on the camera is the the thirty to forty minute conversation we have before the conversation, <laughs> yeah. and poor Lee is sitting over there behind the wall. You know, behind. Are, the these, are they going to start already? You know, are they going to start already? And especially, you know, with with all the stuff he's got going on. So and just especially, really you know, say, him and I both have some place to go. And we need to be gone. Right. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, all right, all right. So we last week we got into the end of uh, Leviticus chapter one, and. Uh, you know, we talked about the numbers and it, what it communicates and this, how it communicates this great blessing for God. Remember, they're coming out of where we're on the on the downward slope of coming out of Eden, coming mm -hmm. out of the mountain of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the whole point. Yep. We're in the presence of God. And now coming out of the presence of God, there's great blessing. And we see that in these numbers. Look at how they have multiplied and increased and numbered. And, and of course, it harkens back to that. And we, and we need to remember, they've been at this mountain. Okay. About a year now. Getting getting instructions, getting direction. God taking making sure, hey, I'm gonna send you on a journey, but I'm not gonna send you out there alone. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you and I, but I, and I'm also giving you some principles to to live by because you haven't had any for four hundred years. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you some principles. Well to, you've been slaves, right? Yeah. So you've been you've learned how to be slaves. Yeah. And now you need to learn how to be priests yeah. in a very real way. Yeah, and so. you and they've shown that they aren't doing a very good job of it because they've already made a calf and God got mad, mad at them and and did some, you know. So, you know, I mean, but now here we are and we're fixing to go, but getting ready to go. He's told them to build a tabernacle, build this, build this tent. I mean, there's a lesson there for new Christians. You come up out of the darkness of slavery. You come up out of that kingdom of darkness where you're enslaved to, to wickedness sin. and evil to and sin, sin mm -hmm. and all of those things. And God grabs you by the hand. He pulls you out of that. You know, Christ comes and gets you and he pulls you out of it. And he moves you to the kingdom of, of the son he loves. 
and then everything's great. I know for me, after I got baptized, everything was great for about a week, you know, and then I fell flat on my face and all of a sudden it was, it was, it was so horrible to go through it. But that's, but that's really what happens mm -hmm. is he brings us out. He cleans us up. We have success in areas we didn't have success. And then bam, we fall flat on our face and it's like, ah, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Um, so we see a lot of that with the Israelites mm -hmm. the same way that they I, get I think pulled out and I think fall what's on their wonderful face. about them is, is every time they fall and cry out to God, he's always there to come pick them up. And he always picks them up. Yeah. You know? Now, there's punishment involved. There's consequences. Sure, I, mean, I understand that. But that principle of God, of who God is, is still alive and well today. Well, and there's there's a vast difference between recognizing, because this the Israelites, you're right, they fell flat on their face, but they never recognized or tried to walk away from their evil right? That, that's the difference. The Israelites in the wilderness and what we're going to see in their rebellion is they consistently pursue rebellion. Whereas a Christian will oftentimes fall flat on his face, look at God, plead for help, recognize his rebellion and try to walk away from it. And never, I mean, the, the rebellion that the Israelites... And, and understanding that if I fall again, He's still going to be there to pick me up and sure. listen to me again. It's like your your child. I mean, yeah. Judah. I mean, how many times does he get get in trouble? You know. Yeah. I mean, are you just going to at some point say, you know, go here? Here's the front door. Kick him out in the, in the street and say, I don't want no more part from you. That's he right. doesn't do that. You're not going to no. do that. God doesn't do it either. And so, you know, when you look at this and you look at at the things that he tells them, and, and you know, and 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 he's going to have certain jobs for people to do. He's got certain certain qualities classes you know these clans and these and these families you know the levites are going to be a special group of people that's right he has chosen them to be a, yeah. because they helped moses and what does he expect when he tells us what to do mm -hmm. right in the new covenant we're told what to do love and serve each other yeah that's it mm -hmm. love and serve each other mm -hmm. you know that's that's the track for yeah. us we ought to love the church this is why you can't do church on a mountaintop this is why you can't do church by yourself right yeah you can't do it singularly mm -hmm. or individually part of being the church the word for church is ecclesia it means group in the Greek, right? It means a gathering. Specifically, mm -hmm. the context of the church is a gathering of believers. Mm -hmm. So you can't do this by yourself. You got to do it with other people. And the expectation is to love and serve one another. So again, you can't do this on your own. You need to do this as a group. And if we do that, it becomes a group that you want to be a part of. That's why right. Jesus said in John 13, he said, and he said, they'll know you're my disciples by what? The love you have. Yeah, love we have another. one for another. They'll yeah. know that you are disciples because of how, you know, we just finished BBS. You know, and there were some people here that were not members of the church. Sure. You know, did they see? I don't know. I hope so. I hope they saw the love that was put, was in, instituted in those kids. You know, and by the by the members up here that were that were serving and working so hard. Uh, you know, I I, I wanted. I know there was there was one coming to the adult class that came pretty much every night. That's not a member of the church that was in there, and. Uh, I want to, you know, and I saw people go up and talk to that person and pat him on the back and that kind of stuff. Did he feel comfortable? I think so. I hope so. But, you know, to be a, the church needs to be that. You know, well, here God has a whole group of folks with all these families and all these tribes. And then he singles out one tribe. Yep. And and where we stopped last week, the ancestral tribe of Levi. And he said, they're not going to be counted. Don't count them. You know, you know, with the others, the Lord said to Moses, you must not count the tribe. And this is in verse 47. You must, the Lord said to me, you must not count the tribe of Levi or include them in the census of the other Israelites. Instead, appoint the Levites to be in charge of the tabernacle of the covenant law over all its furnishings and everything belonging to it. They're to carry it. And he goes on. It's supposed to carry it, take care of it. Their job 
as a special a special clan, a special family, they were the family of priests. The high priest could only come from that place. You know, when when Jeroboam and Rehoboam clash after Solomon dies, Rehoboam is Solomon's son, and it's his job to take over the kingdom. Okay, the kingdom with the temple has been built. Solomon built it. it everything's going well. Jeroboam doesn't like it, so he splits off and he takes. Ten of the tribes with him. They make priests. They make priests. You know, you know what they do? Mm -hmm. They pull priests from whoever they want to. Yeah. You know how many good kings they have in their history? None. Not it's one. The nation, and most the southern kingdom of Israel after the split. Yeah. No good kings. No good. Now the nation of Israel, the southern kingdom, Judah, Judah yeah. has numerous good kings. Josiah, Hezekiah. Did so, I say the southern kingdom of Israel? I think I did. The northern yeah. kingdom of Israel. The northern kingdom of Israel is never has a never, never has, has a good, a good king. king. Never. Right. And some of them are really worse than others. Some of them are horrible. Ahab is horrible. He's a horrible king. His wife is worse. Yeah. She's worse. But you know, when you talk about this tribe of Levi, it's going to be the priest for all these years, for the Le all through Saul, David, Solomon. They are they are they are charged with doing the responsibilities that this tabernacle. And remember, all through Saul's time, all through David's time, they do not have a building that God worships in. David wants to build it. David wants to, and God tells he said, "I'm here. I am building myself a house, and you don't have a house." He said, you ain't building me a house. Yeah. You got blood on your hands. You ain't building a house. Well, not only that, but he says, you know, what are you going to build me? You're going to build me a house with, you know, heaven as my throne and the earth as my yeah. footstool. <laughs> I don't live in your house, man. But, but he tells him, he said, there's no one come after you. I've already appointed going to build a house. Going to build a place. So they're, built, they're worshiping out of this tent that Moses has been told how to build it all through what we've been going through here in Leviticus. That tent's going to be there. It's going to have the, the most holy place, the holy of holies. going to have the outer court. going to have everything. going to have all the furnishings that they built. The Ark of the Covenant's going to be in there. Everything's going to be in there. That's right, yeah. You know, and the Levite's job is to take care of it, to serve in it. You know, when Zechariah, I think his name was Zechariah, David's, I mean, John the Baptist's father, wasn't his name Zechariah? Yes, it was. He was, he was his job, when he meets the, the angel, when the angel tells him you're going to have a son, and and he can't speak. Remember, he, the, you know, and he did fine. I'll, you, I'll, he can't speak. And he's a priest, and it's his job to go in there That's right. and to and to uh, to be taking care of of the responsibilities. Yeah. Well, who are the priests today? Who are the priests today? We are. You know, do you know where that text is, right off? I wish we'd looked it up beforehand. Yeah, First uh, Peter. Chapter Oh, chapter two, two and verse, verse nine. Verse nine. Chapter and I'll do first Peter. So I've got first Peter up. All right. Verse 16 and, and, and on for a little bit. Don't you know that you or yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy the person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. And in First Peter chapter two and verse nine, start well. We'll get to nine, but yeah. verse four. This is yeah. Peter. So what he read was Paul. This is Peter. As you come to him, the living stone—that's Christ—rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, it's the church, 
This stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. But you, the church, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And there's a really important part to this. We're his spiritual house. That's what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians. Mm -hmm. Peter jumps on that and says, that's right. We are being built up into his spiritual house, into the place where he dwells, because he wants to dwell amidst his people. But then he says this, the Jews, those who rejected out of the Jews in the first century, they stumble because they disobey the message. And that's really the crux of it. He tells the Levites back in, in Numbers, mm -hmm. coming back to Numbers chapter 1, he tells the Levites, he tells Moses, don't count the Levites, right? Just like in the New, New Testament, the New Covenant, under Jesus, we're expected to obey, love and serve one another, that's come that's together right. as the church. Mm -hmm. They're expected to obey. Because once you're up into the presence of God, <laughs> the expectation is obedience. And so he tells Moses, don't number the Levites. So if Moses turns around and numbers the Levites, that's disobedience. <laughs> he says the Levites are to care for the tabernacle. If anybody, go, anybody else comes in and tries to care for the tabernacle, that's disobedience. Mm -hmm. The expectation when you've been led into the presence of God and you're coming out the other side is to seek his wisdom to seek his knowledge, to seek his understanding, and then to obey it. Think what it must have been like for those Levites. The thing's all built, all taken care of. They have to put it up, and they have to put it up a certain way, and, and all the other tribes are, are positioned around. This is the center of their world. That's right. And all the other tribes are, sit, are positioned around it, all right? And, they, and as they go in to realize that behind that curtain over there, God's over there. That's right. And they've seen it happen. They've seen the, the, the cloud go into that room. They've right. seen it. So they know. That's why they're so scared when they when the when the high priest goes in there and he takes blood and he's go because they know what could happen. Well, not only does he take blood, right? That's going back to Leviticus 16 and entering into the presence mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. And this, of course, is the difference between the covenants. In the old covenant, it was only the high priest who could go into the presence That's of right. God once a year. Mm -hmm. And he even had to take, he took, he after sacrificing for sin, this is all in Leviticus 16, after sacrificing for sin, when he's taking the blood in, it's not just the blood. Mm -hmm. He's got to take a little censer in there yeah. and waft a bunch of smoke. Why? God says, so I don't break out against you. Yeah. So I don't vaporize you like I did Nadab and Abihu. That's right. So even after sacrifice for sin, the blood and bulls and goats, all of those things, and even though you're the right guy at the right time with the right motivation and attitude, with the right orders to enter in before the presence of God, you still got to hide from him. Yeah. The blood of Jesus, though, I get to boldly, according to Hebrews chapter four, I get to boldly walk into the presence of God. This is a vast difference. I've heard people say before, well, you know, we, should, we wish we lived under the old covenant because it was more clear what our obligations are. That's ridiculous. In the new covenant, we can now boldly enter, confidently enter into the presence of God. It's Hebrews chapter 4, like chapter 16. 10. 
Okay, go ahead. Chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is that is his blood. And since we have a great high priest over the house of, of God, let us draw near God, near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You know, we are to go in with a sincere, complete assurance, I belong there. That's right. I have no business being in there. None. Yeah. So but I belong there because God said so. So whereas before it was the Levites, now under the new covenant, it's, it's, a, it's us. It's the priesthood of God. But again, the expectation, it doesn't matter what covenant. It doesn't matter if you're under Mosaic. It doesn't matter if you're under Abrahamic, which were, were the patriarchs. It doesn't matter if you're under Jesus in the new covenant. The expectation all throughout the scriptures, after you've been led into the presence of God, is obedience. And that's exactly what they start doing. Look at chapter two. You know, we've talked about how God wants to dwell amidst his people. Mm -hmm. Well, all of what's going on here in the in the Torah, in the first five books of the Bible, in Genesis through Deuteronomy, there are so many shadows at play, right? And those shadows here are represented by the arrangement of the camp. Look at what God says in chapter two. He says, look, the Israelites, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in chapter two, verse one, the Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting some distance from it, the tent of meeting is the tabernacle that the mm -hmm. Levites are going to care for. It's where God dwells. Each of them under their standard and holding the banners of their family on the east. And look, God's going to order. It matters to God how the camp is yeah. assembled. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, look what happens. He says, look, the divisions of the camp on the east are Judah. The leader of the people of Judah is this person. His division, Nashon of Aminadab. His division number is 74,000. The tribe of Issachar will come next to them. Then the tribe of Zebulun will be next. On the south will be the divisions of the camp of Reuben under their standard. The tribe of Simeon will camp next to them. Uh, the tribe of Gad will be next, right? And then the tent of the meeting of the camp of Levites will set out in the middle of the camps. They will set out in the same order as they encamp, each in their own place. God's going to go throughout this whole chapter, and he's going to order them to the, to the east, to the south, to the north, to the west. He's going to order them all around, and he's going to be right in the middle because that is what he wants. And it's a picture of what eventually the church will be absolutely, absolutely. because he dwells in each member of the church I right here. The, I think, you know, when, when I read first Corinthians chapter three, it says, because we are, you know, he lives, we, we have the spirit living. The temple was, was the essence of God dwelling with his people. That's right. That's what it was. They knew he was there. They knew he was there. And the Levites were to go in and minister to that temple. They were in there to take care of it, to clean it, to make sure it was okay, pack it up when they leave, put it up when they get there. And then God was going to always be there with them. You know, well, the first Corinthians three tells me that I have the spirit of God living with me. And how can not, that be? It's not just living in, in you. It's living in me and in Lee and in all the members of the church. So imagine for a second, the horror then when you rip yourself out of that communion and say, I can do this by myself. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're doing violence to the body of God. Mm -hmm. That's messed up. Severing some of its members, severing, severing a part of his body. Or the violence of me looking at a member of the church. And because we don't agree on meat and vegetables, because we don't agree on some silly issue, you know, and I can name a few because we don't necessarily see eye to eye on something Instead of me looking at my brother in his in his freedom going, you know what? Peace, brother. I, I can't go where you are. And instead of me in my freedom looking at my brother going, P 
peace, brother. I understand your restraint, so I'm going to respect that. Instead of us communicating in love to one another, instead of doing that, we go, ah, you're not a brother. You're not a member yeah. of the church anymore. Yeah. What? Yeah. You're doing violence to the body of God. Mm -hmm. You're doing violence to his spirit. It's not okay. When you look at it, when you look at it from the perspective of, of this is truly a body, like a fingers, toes, not eyes, ears, you know, and, you know, no one would gouge out. No, no one, you know, I work with sharp objects, you know, working, I, I work with tools all the time yeah. and it's really easy to cut yourself. There's certain ways mm -hmm. you do stuff, certain ways you don't do it. You know, you, you know, when you're, when you're cutting, when you're, when you're stripping wire, like with a razor blade, you know, or when you're working with a screwdriver, the one thing you don't do is you don't push that screw like like this. You put something in your hand and start putting like never, ever, ever, because you know what can happen? That thing can slip and it's going to gouge that screwdriver. And I've had it, I've done it too many times, so I know. And you're going to have a hole in your hand where it's going to be bleeding. You know, and you know there's certain ways you do stuff, so you don't hurt yourself. Mm. Well, there should be certain ways we do stuff that we don't hurt the church, That's that we don't cause the church to bleed. It may be not going to kill it. But it's going to hurt it to the point it bleeds. We should be mindful of the fact that that we can hurt people to where they bleed, and it's not a good thing to make them bleed. You know, I mean, how many times? You know, you stab yourself in the hand with a screwdriver. I know that's probably foreign to you. Yeah, it's not going to happen, man. You know, it's not foreign to me. Yeah. And and I have. Or let's take your. You know, did, was there certain precautions you would take to oh, make yeah. sure you didn't stab yourself with a needle? Oh yeah, and I've stabbed myself with a needle before. You know, I, I used to clean Hoff Clinic back when, for you, it's old, you know, Hoff Clinic was a little clinic right over here. It had like 20 rooms. My father-in-law worked there and he got me a job, got me a job cleaning the clinic in the evening. It paid $125 a month. I cleaned it six days a week. Well, it got me my first new car. I bought a brand new 74 Dodge Charger and I paid for it. The Dodge Charger was $115 a month payments for three years and I got, I made $10 a month on that job. Well, one day he comes, he called, he comes to me and he says, he said, did you clean? I says, you know, good one. I cleaned it. He said, then you have to go take a, a, a hepatitis shot. What? What? He said, yeah, somebody had, had uh, hepatitis, whatever in there. And, and that stuff was in the trash can. If you dump the trash, we got, you know, you know, so I've raised it. She said, oh, no, 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 no. She said, we got to do it over here. So, you know, and I got this young nurse, you know, and she and I didn't think I was going to walk, but that was, you know, I couldn't walk because it, this whatever kind of shot it was, you know, there's certain precautions you take that I didn't get in come in contact with any hepatitis, but they weren't sure. So they gave me the shot anyway. Right. right. You know, you know, I, I took precautions not to stab myself with a needle. I didn't grab bags out of the trash can, you know, in case one of somebody didn't put a, a cover on the needle. I took it by the top, tied it up, threw it in the dumpster. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna do that. You know, there's thing. There's precautions you took. What year was this? That was oh, this is back in the seventies. So, uh, but the, but there was. <laughs> but there's precautions you took, so yeah. you didn't hurt yourself. Yeah, you can't just throw needles. In well, the it's the same thing in the church, man. That you know, there's certain precautions you have to Absolutely. take. Absolutely. So in the but, church, and why? Why take those precautions? Because it's dangerous. Because you're, I mean, Paul says it in Romans, you are trampling on the blood of your Savior. Yeah. Your Savior bled to save so-and-so that you don't like yeah. or you don't agree with. Yeah. And you're trampling all over them. Come back to here in Leviticus chapter 2. What happens when Judah looks at God and says, yeah, yeah I know that's where you said you wanted us on the east side, but we're going to camp on the west. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. They wouldn't dare do that. Well. They wouldn't dare. Look at here at the end of chapter 2. 
Now, God says in 32, these are the Israelites counted according to their families. He gives us a number again. The Levites, however, were not counted. Why? Because Moses obeyed. And then look at what it says in verse 34. So the Israelites, this is the end of chapter 2, verse 34. So the Israelites did everything the Lord commanded Moses. That is the way they encamped under their standards. And that is the way they set out each of them with their clan and family. What is the expectation when we're coming out of the presence of God? That we're going to obey him. That we're going to obey. That we're going to listen to what he says. Mm -hmm. We're going to hear what he says. Not just hear it. We're going to listen. And listen implies that we obey. And here very clearly it says they obeyed. So numbers, they're coming out of that presence of God. They're coming They're coming down the side of the mountain. They're coming out of the Garden of Eden. God says, I have plans for you. I'm going to do something. I'm going to save the world through you. You need to do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. And so they do it. He's, Judah's on the east. I'm on the east. And as long as they do, as long as they do, when they finally get to the promised land, we'll get there back when we get to Joshua, but that, that's a long ways off. But just an example, when they finally, when they finally get the chance, you know, they, they go to Jericho. God tells them exactly what to do to, to conquer the, the city. They do that. He tells them, this is what I do not want you to do. Kill it all. Don't take anything. Everything is reserved for me. That's right. And when they go to the next town, which is a little podunk town, it's like going from San Antonio to uh, to Shiner. Okay? You know, just a little bitty town, and they get their clocks clean. And they get their clocks clean, man. You know, the town runs them off. They don't even send, we'll send a few because it's a little bitty town. Look what we did to Jericho. And, and God said, the reason is, didn't do what I told you. Well, and the amount of spiritual discernment it took to live through that, and then to immediately understand that that was an indication that they had broken covenant. Yeah. That that was an indication that somebody, somewhere, somehow did something they were told not to do. And what it what did it do to the to the to the fellowship? It broke it. Mm-hmm. It made it bleed. That's right. One individual, one guy, Aiken, one guy. And what happens? What's the consequence? His whole family dies. They kill them all. Well, the the in the text, the idea is, you want to be without me? You want to live without God? You want to do? You want to be king? You want to reign? Because that's what Achan is saying when he t- when he yeah. ignores what God mm-hmm. says and he does what he wants to do. That's essentially the 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 cornerstone of pride. And God says, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be king." Okay, that's not a problem. I'll just move everything away from you. I'll just move any security away from you. I'll just take it all away. It does the same thing with Korah in Numbers. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to understand out of those texts. And the body has to understand how to deal with that. It's a complete and total rejection of sin. We're not allowed to say, oh, that, that's it's all okay. It's all good. No. Destroy the cancer among you. He's going to say it in 1 Corinthians. He's going to mm-hmm. say, this, this guy who's practicing sexual morality in the church, he needs to be cut off. Yeah. He needs to be Why? Because... If you're going to rebel against God, you don't belong with the people. Now, we're not talking about somebody who repents. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about somebody who's struggling and failing. We're talking about somebody who has decided, this is how I'm going to live. Mm-hmm. The response of the church to that is... It doesn't is, care. It doesn't care. Doesn't the response of the church to that is not, oh, it's okay. Yeah. The response of the church is that, brother, why are you doing this? Please don't do this. And if your brother comes back and says, well, I'm going to do what I want. You're not a Christian at that point. Mm-hmm. You're not following. You're not a disciple. Yep. You are not walking. Yep. You are repenting of your repentance. Mm-hmm. And most people, when you do it the right way, uh, when when they they, they will come, many people will come to themselves. Some not everyone. Not, not everybody everyone. does. Not everyone does. But 
but you know, I've, I've seen this work before. I've seen it work on both ends. I've seen, I've been a part of it on both ends of, of both ways. And it, uh, uh, I've seen it when people look at it and say, you're right, I need to repent. And then struggle with it. That's fine, but they're still tr struggling to repent. And I've seen it when people said, I don't care what you said. But I like what you said. You said, I've seen it work both ways. And that's the truth. Mm -hmm. It works either way. Mm -hmm. The person, when, when we go to our brother or sister and we say, and we, because we discover sin, we discover that they're choosing right destruction in, in a real, in a very real sense, like Aiken choosing to steal or Cora choosing to rebel. Yeah. Um, when we go to our brother and our sister and we say, Hey, why, please don't do this. This is wrong. This isn't okay. Right. We're going in love. I, there's a wrong way to go to your brother and sister too. Sure. Right. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. That's that. Look, I'm just as much of a failure as they are. Yeah. Right. So when we learn of it and we go, please, brother, don't do this. And they say, yeah, I don't really care what you say. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I don't care. When they do that, the process is still working. It didn't not, the process didn't not work. Most of the time when those sin. people get to that point, they walk away on their own. Most of the time. Most of the time. I would agree with that. I would agree with most that. Of, most but, of the time. In my experience, that's what sure. they They've either already walked away or they're in the process of, of walking away from 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 the church and but it's still it's still hurtful and detrimental to the church sure and and you know and, and and i've dealt with individuals before where you where you confronted them you know you you loved them said man i want to come but they said you know i look i don't want any part of this i'm going to hell i know that i'm going to hell i'm gonna have a good time getting there you know and and then you say fine okay. we've done our part yeah. our part as the church is to speak the truth is to preach the truth is yeah. to is to advise people don't continue to live that way don't continue to choose it. Again, we're not talking about people who struggle and fail. Mm. We're not talking about people no, who are trying no, here. No. We're talking about those individuals like the like the prodigal son who says, I'm done. I don't want any of this. I'm going off into the far country. Our responsibility is to warn people and say, you're going off into the far country. Please don't do that. Yeah. And if they say, I don't care. I'm out of here anyway. That's but to be them. there waiting for them when they come back. Absolutely. And if they ever decide, hey, all of a sudden I wake up to come to my senses, I want to come back. Amen. Thank God. Yeah. And it all starts yeah. over again. Yeah. I think if one thing we can learn as we get to the end of this chapter anyway, one thing we can learn is is that that uh, God has always demanded, always required obedience from his people. Absolutely. We're going to see time after time after time, we're going to bring back to this, we're going to revert back to this where, where people didn't obey. You know, Uzzah comes to mind. When David moves the ark, well, you know, and, and his and his his disobedience—that's a hard one because it's out of ignorance. He yeah. really didn't know. David yeah. didn't know. None yeah. of them did. They should have known. So it it really brings out the flavor of why do we suffer? Sometimes we suffer because of other people's sin. Yeah, it was the Levite's responsibility to teach this to yeah. the people. Yeah, and when David figures that out, he gets pretty upset at the Levites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know the 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 point here is if somebody dies anyway, yeah. there's consequences of sin when we're not obedient to God. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave my learning to you. Yeah, I'm not going to leave it to your study and your your. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to study for myself. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go back. I'm going to read scriptures. That's why we put them on the screen, guys, so you can go back and look at them later and say, okay, what did they say? Did they really say that? And then rewind and say, okay, I'm going to listen to what they said again about this. That's right. You know, and because because I'm not dependent on. I, I tell people. I used to tell guys in the jail, if you believe because I said to believe, I said you're a fool. You're a fool. What if I'm wrong? You're gonna base you're gonna base everything you believe based on what I said. What if I'm wrong? Then we both go to hell. I said, "What good is that?" 
I said, don't don't buy it from anybody. Buy it from that God told you himself. And you read it for yourself because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing not by Dan or Colt. That's right. Not by Lee or Sarah. Not That's not how it comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's in chapter 10, verse 17, I think. That's where it's at. I think it's in Romans, that, yeah. uh, Romans chapter Romans. 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians. That's in Acts 17, yeah. Because they searched the scriptures daily to see if what was preached was true. To see if what Paul preached was true. Yeah, that's it, Lee. It's uh, Romans 10, 17. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not coming done. Now, if I preach the word of God and I preach it the way it's supposed, then then they can they'll listen, they'll believe, and they go, Oh wow, man, let me see that. You know, any teacher has to be mindful that what I'm doing is I'm presenting God's word to them. Just like Moses. Yeah. God tells Moses, tell the Israelites, tell the tell the yeah. Israelites. And he's yeah. got to faithfully yeah. execute. Yeah. But even Moses, God told him what to do, and he doesn't do it. And he gets punished for it. Oh, we're good. Numbers is a great book because we're yeah. gonna see we're gonna see the whole thing collapse. Yeah. And we're gonna get to see God's amazing grace despite it. Yeah. We're gonna see him give them yeah. time and time again. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that one went quick. Yeah. That one went quick. All hey, right. but we made it through chapter two. That's amazing. Now we're in chapter three. Yeah, now we're in chapter we're gonna get to chapter eleven pretty soon when they get when they get moving. Yeah, start, at some point we'll get moving with this thing. Yeah, we'll get moving. But hey, it's all good. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We know because of those and because of your character and who you are, that we are who we are, that we have a relationship with you and that we can call ourselves your children. Father, without your grace and mercy, we, we're, we're done. And I pray, Father, that you always help us to remember that in the church, that is the called out ones, that is the, the ones who have been added by you to your family. We have certain responsibilities. We need to, we need to live a certain kind of way. We can't just... Take it on what, what's in the past, but we have to lear, learn and grow and, and struggle and, and, and know, Father, that you're there to help us. Father, help us to always act in a way where, the, where we do not cause the church to bleed. Father, we thank you for the opportunities that will come. Help us to, to see them and handle them the right way. Father, bless us as we move forward and bless us as we strive to be your children in this world and beyond. It's in, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.